How are you guys doing? Today's episode is sponsored by Upside. I hope you, I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. The last couple of days, I guess, I decided to take a few days break from actually covering the war inside of Ukraine and spend some time with my daughter. Covering this thing usually takes up a very good chunk of my day. So these things, I, I just need a little bit of a mental break from these things. I'll be honest with you guys. I, I, I look at, some of the stuff I look at could, could be a little... <laughs> this is war. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just need to take a quick pause for a minute and just kind of like relax. That's what I did. But Putin has now approved Russia's budget for the next two years, where they've decided to actually increase this thing. They're going to be allocating 145 billion US dollars, which is 30% of their entire budget for the war inside of Ukraine. Not just their war, like wartime efforts, but their entire budget. 32% of their entire budget. That is, oh my God, that is insane to be honest with you. They're going to have to be pulling stuff from everywhere to, to make up for this. History seems to be repeating, repeating itself, by the way. Uh, Russia won't be able to finance itself for the length of this war, which is the same thing that happened back in the Cold War. Uh, the United States budget, by the way, it alone is eight times larger than the one that they just approved. We haven't even started to account for the other NATO countries and who are fairly involved in this thing as well. I told y'all maybe like, I think it was about a month ago, it wasn't feasible for the Russians to finance this war. So essentially Putin is getting... And what he wants, what he kind of wants of Putin has done pretty much a good job of turning Russia back into the USSR in the sense that the entire world isn't a big fan of the Russians and they're about to be as financially unstable as they were as well. And he's literally going to bleed them dry because this war they can't afford. I know that America has sent a bunch of great things to Ukraine, but I do believe we should send the knockout punch over to get this thing over with before the summer offensive happens. I think. We should just, you know what, here you go. Let's just end this thing. Or you know what, the, the America, you know what Biden, the Biden administration can be doing, could be doing if they actually were thinking. And sometimes they do good things, which that's a conversation in itself. But I will say, what if they're purposely allowing the Russians to just continue and just, I, I don't know. You know, we, we could send over stuff to end this thing instantly, just like that. Be done. Quick and out. They're not doing it for what reason? Are doing? Are they doing it to bleed Russia dry of the resources and everything else, and become reliant on everybody else? Because they thought the Russians thought at some point that all of Europe was going to be frozen. You guys remember the big thing? Oh my God! Ice ice capades twenty twenty two is happening. Or whatever the winter is coming. Like that didn't happen. Gas is low as it's ever been over there in Europe. People are warm and nothing's really going on. So. It's just showing that they didn't need to be really reliant on Russian energy to survive, which is a good thing. So the questions the Russians should be asking, like, what, what is really the, what, what's this money really be spent on? We all know that most of the higher-ups inside the military are most likely lining their pockets just a bit because how can a country of this size not have the resource to at least give their men the proper equipment? I'm an instructor that right there is just another indication that they are just fine sending these men into Ukraine to be used as cannon fodder. But don't you worry, Father Putin has got everything under control. Yes, all you have to do right there is let them speak and they will dig themselves into a massive hole. I, I mean, apparently the West is now turning Ukraine into some massive colony and we are forcing Ukrainians to fight against the invading Russians. Or so that's what it seems. Тяжелые последствия подобных действий мы видим сегодня на Украине. На протяжении целого ряда лет Запад беззастенчиво выкачивал и эксплуатировал ее ресурсы. So you know what, Putin, you're right. 100% you are right. The acts of genocide. 
America is the one that's committing them. All, all the war crimes that are happening inside of Ukraine, it is the Americans. We are the ones who have been bombing innocent civilians and wrecking, or excuse me, wreaking havoc on the entire country. That's us. That's America. Hooray. Yes, we're doing it all. 100%. The, the one thing he did get right, though, is the fact that we are facilitating the Ukrainians with the ability to actually ram, like be the battering ram to go up against the Russians as they are trying to take land from them. Yes, America was doing that and is doing that currently. But I got to give a quick shout out to a few of my VIP Patreon members before I get too far into this thing because I always forget. I'm so sorry. I got Amy Morales, Blake McElroy, Eric Vermenthal, Fuzzy Teddy. Yes, Fuzzy Teddy. I got Hillbilly Popo, James Anderson, Kyle C., and Magistrasa. So seriously, thank you to everyone over there on the Patreon side of things. Uh, without y'all support, these things would be very difficult to do because they're very expensive to produce because most of these videos are not monetized out the gate. So seriously, thank you so much. If you go check out the Patreon, you get one exclusive video every single week. All videos have no ads in them. So let's play them straight through. And I, yeah, I'm over there. Just away. So if you want to check it out, I'll be in the description. Короче, сейчас приезжал руководитель всей этой хуйни, СВО. Вот. So what is this, the fourth time? Don't know why I just held up two fingers. That makes absolutely, I almost did like the shocker there. The fourth time, it's, yeah, I just held up three fingers. <laughs> fourth time we've heard the talk of this new mobilization that's supposed to be starting here, where they think it's going to be starting here by the end of the year, beginning next year. Uh, there, there, there's times. I actually do feel somewhat bad for the guys that are forced into the scenario like this, only because, well, they're fighting or for, I guess, being told their, their fight... <laughs> What they're fighting for is pointless. It really is. This isn't a world war where they're fighting for their livelihood or their, their statehood, but rather for a dictator that's looking um, to just expand and turn these men into... He thinks of them, I guess, as more of this meat that's going to be thrown into the grinder. He knows he can just replace. And I'm not talking about the men who willingly sign up and the ones that are like in the beginning. who are like, yeah, we're all about this. We got this. I'm talking about the ones that were like at the beginning of the episode. They're forced there with no real means to protect themselves. No real ready to stay warm or anything like that. If you're going to throw them into the front, like at least give them something decent. Not these kind of helmets. You guys see these things right here? I mean, they probably would actually enjoy this helmet. This little Russian helmet. I know there's a lot of people that are here like, they're like, oh my God, this stuff you have on your desk is so offensive. It's not offensive. This was taken literally off Russian soldiers by a buddy of mine who should be on this podcast hopefully this week or next. He's he's with his kids right now. He was over there fighting. He brought this stuff. It's not offensive. Don't be offended by stuff that was taken off the Russians. This isn't me like saying, waving it like, oh my God. I, I oh my. No, calm yourselves. Chill. It'll be okay. So if you guys did not know this, Upside actually offsets inflated prices by giving you guys cash back on every single purchase. And the, the best place to use it, well, where I use it, I guess, is actually at the gas station. So inflation, you know, here in America and I guess the entire world is giving us a different outlook on life where it's, it's forcing us to look at things in different ways and have to actually scale back and cut back. But Upside, it will actually help you guys offset those inflated prices by giving you cash back on your purchases. I use it at gas stations. I have a diesel truck that likes to drink gallons and gallons and gallons of fuel. So I use Upside to find the cheapest fuel and get cash back. So whether it's driving for less or dining out, whatever it is, or, or maybe having to cut back at the grocery store, we all can agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why I've started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for everybody who buys gas, groceries, and dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I got to get cash back on every purchase. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. I love it. Who doesn't love free gas? Inflation is causing cutbacks on gas and groceries and restaurants. It's causing you to do that. I know it. I'm having to do it. You have to do it. You know, like my treat items. I like to get a, a nice little latte every morning for me and my wife. I go out and I get one and I bring it back without upside. Hey, 
I wouldn't be able to do that kind of stuff. It'd be, well, it'd be much more difficult. All you have to do is click the link in the very top description, download the free Upside app, and you guys can use the promo code STT Podcast and get $5 or more cash back on your very first purchase of $10 or more. Yes, it's free. Download it. Type in Upside. Click the link in the very top of the description. Use my promo code STT Podcast and get $5 more cash back on your very first purchase of $10 or more. You then claim the next offer wherever you guys are buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid in comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs. You can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every single week. That's why they have a 4.8 rating on the App Store. Hey, download it. It's free. Go to the App Store. Doesn't matter. I don't care if you're on Apple or Android. Use promo code STT Podcast to get $5 or more cash back on your very first purchase of $10 or more. Download Upside. That's $5 cash back or more on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code STT Podcast. So I came across a video that is fairly long. And I believe it needs, a, it needs to be a video by itself, okay? Honestly, like I share a very small bit with you guys. I'm going to. Uh, we're going to go over the rest of it tomorrow because it's fairly, it's like almost 10 minutes long. And I think the entire thing needs to be shared. It's an interview with a gentleman that was just traded uh, with the American Honestly, It's 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 a big trade deal. I know that I haven't talked about it because I haven't been on here. But I'll save it for tomorrow. But it's, uh, it's a doozy. It's exactly what you would, I think it would be. Ты знаешь, эти все тюремные варианты, то свет не выключат, то еду не принесут на целый день, потому что потом приходят, открывает капитан, потому что такой капитан. So the entire interview is pretty much, it's just awkward at times, it's full of lies. But I want to share this little bit for you guys, this little segment, so you have something to look forward to tomorrow, because it will be a doozy of an episode just by itself, okay? This wasn't a good trade for America. I know some of you guys will not be happy I said that because they're getting an American back and whatnot. This was an American that actually did not like America. She openly spit on the flag or said that she does or whatnot. I don't know. I don't really care what her viewpoints are. That's what's great about America. She can do whatever she wants, but she openly does not like it. I know a lot of people aren't going to like it. Um, but I have to, I had to give a little bit of credit to Julia Davis. Uh, she is a lady that's always putting like hard work into finding all these episodes or not episodes, but these segments of Russian TV. She translates them because without her, uh, it would be meaningless. Like a lot of stuff that we talk about on here because we wouldn't know what they're saying. No one really would have a clue what they're saying. She finds the segments that make sense and she puts it out. There. I got to say, she's, she's not watching this episode, but I just want to let you guys know it's not me who's putting those together because I can't, I don't speak that language. Come on now. And it looks like the Ukrainians have actually once again taken over a chunk of Ukraine back from the old Russians up there in the northern portion of the country, which is a good thing. You know, if you're, if you're kind of on the, the Ukrainian side of things, of course. So last time we spoke, the Russians, well, actually, you know, we'll go two episodes back. The Ukrainians took this chunk right here, okay? And then what'd they do? They lost it. This became all Russian once again. And now look, the Russians have now lost the ground again, but they've actually lost a little bit more because the area they're now shelling is a town that they did hold prior. So the Russians have now lost ground on that P-66 route. Okay, the Ukrainians have now taken it, held it, and now are pushing farther south. This time they've been able to extend a little bit more ground, which is kind of a big deal. And it's looking more like the Ukrainians are going to be able to hold this area because I know the Russians have been attempting to make a counteroffensive to regain control of this town they had just lost. It's just north of Kremita. This is kind of a, this whole area right now is like a big pot that's just been brewing. Okay, this, it's, it, there's quite a bit going on, especially in the north, I guess northeastern side. Uh, what the Ukrainians have actually done is forced the Russians, okay, is to shift troops from the western side and the southern side back north, okay? And they're doing this 
um, in hopes to really slow down the ongoing offensive by the Ukrainians so they do not gain control of the official, or not the official, but the critical uh, railroad infrastructure that is sitting on the outskirts of the city itself on that northwestern side of Crimea. The only reason why the Ukrainians haven't been able to fully push in from the south, okay, which is down here, they haven't really been in, is it lackluster, I guess you say, when it comes to the amount of terrain they've taken. It's because of the way the terrain currently lays out. It is actually in favor of the Russians, and they've been using the river that's in that southern portion of the city as a natural barrier, which is limiting the Ukrainian operations. Okay, but just south of here, you guys are going to see Bakhmut. Now, this is one of the areas we've been talking about a lot. We haven't made an update video in a few days for you guys, but I've been sifting through a lot of stuff here to stay up to date. And I can tell you right now that the, the Russians are sustaining a, some, some fairly large losses on the daily on the outskirts of the city itself. Okay, the scenario that is playing out right now instead of Bakhmut is probably one of the worst ones for the Russians thus far into the war. When it comes to the amount of effort they have put into trying to take this one area okay they've been working on this area for months and have gained little to no ground in doing so just since last last time we talked which i think was like four days ago it's been it's been a little while they've taken this right there okay they've actually lost a little bit of ground right here on the outside of bilavia or bill Bil bilahora excuse me so they've taken that one little tiny chunk right there and they sustained some of the highest casualties in this area uh, out of any of the ones that they've been going after like isium was pretty brutal like really brutal um Trying to think from what I can, oh, Izium, Severe Nadesk, and Lischansk, and all those kind of areas. Those areas were really brutal. But this one right here is up to that kind of like level, but they haven't been able to take it. I don't think there's a clear objective right now on like what, what, the, what the point is of trying to take this, this, this town other than using brute force, which has no real strategic advantage to actually the rest of the country. It doesn't. It really doesn't. So if they have failed to hold any portion of Ukraine after taking it, then how well do they, they think they're going to fare if they're able to actually take this city? Okay. It's pointless, honestly. But you know what? It's not a bad thing for the Ukrainians. Just let them keep doing their thing. Just keep throwing those men in the meat grinder. That's what they have to do. I, I don't understand it. I guess they're just helping with the worldly population and just making it smaller. It's the only thing I can come out of this because there's no point of this. This whole, for one, this whole war, but mainly this one area. I don't, I don't really, I don't get it. I, I'm looking at it from a militarily strategic, like, like I'm not, a, I'm not like a crazy, I, uh, that's not like my forte, okay? But a little bit of common sense here. This area is not, is not, is not it. Okay. It's not it. And I feel like the 10% the audience or 9% audience we have that lives in Russia that watches these shows is just like, what is this guy talking about? We're winning. We're winning in Bakhmut. What is he talking about? I'm like, oh, my God, I feel bad for you. Uh, there's one other major thing that's actually happened inside the country on the ground inside of Ukraine is the fact the Russians actually sustained fairly large loss just south of Bakhmut. We're down here in the southern region outside Donetsk, okay? I'm going to tell you guys right now, it was a fairly large blow because the, the it was a failed offensive by the Russians that led actually to a decent counteroffensive being executed by the Ukrainians. And it was just inside of this area. That little chunk of, of blue I just circled is the amount of ground the Ukrainians were able to, to get back from the Russians. But I don't think the Ukrainians are poised here to make any large advancements in the southern portion where this is currently taking place. But it shows that the Russians are also not able to push out of here. Okay, and maintaining type of ground they've attempted to take. It's almost like both sides are in like this agreement right now. You know, you know what? The fighting needs to take place in Bakhmut and just north here, because everywhere else is pretty much just quiet. And I think um, has more or less to do with the fact the way the ground lays out. It's more open down here and flat, and 
It's just, it is what it is. And out in Kirsten, we're seeing the same pretty much old stuff where past few weeks, maybe it's lob and artillery back and forth, back and forth. Ukrainians trying to push across and poke, poke fun in certain type of areas that the Russians, they've been doing it, but they're not holding a sustaining any type of ground, which is, it, it's not out of the ordinary. I think it's a good thing that they're going through and they're trying to find bits and pieces inside their security line or their defensive line, excuse me, and poking a prod and having a little bit of fun with them. I think that's what they're doing. So anyway, we'll see what happens here. Very soon. Winter time zero. So I do love you guys. Thanks for hanging with me. I'm out.